we are launching into something new. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving a little bit, and God is showing me something about my heart because I'm grieving the, the absence of our screen behind me. Uh, and it's, he's, he's revealing there's some bougie saintedness going happening that uh, because <laughs> I, 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 was, I was thinking as I was preparing this week, you know, I, I wanted some awesome charts and graphs uh, to help me preach. And I was thinking the apostles didn't have charts and graphs. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But the screen is nice, though, when, when it's on. When it's on. <laughs> so, uh, and one thing it's nice for, you can, you can see there on your bulletins, though, the bulletin is replacing, this old school, it's replacing the screen right now, it's old school. You can see on the bulletin that we are um, beginning a new series. We're beginning a new series, and uh, uh, my, my daughter believed the scripture that she was reading was in the bulletin, so I saw the looks on your faces that, por- that portion, that meditative part of the scripture wasn't in the bulletin. It was just kind of a listen and soak it in, right? But um, the, the rest of the scripture will be, right? <clears throat> so we're, we're beginning a new series today. Um, and the, it's a new series, and it's called Living Faithfully. Living Faithfully. Uh, I know uh, people... Uh, we're, we're enjoying the time and the Psalms, uh, you know, but, but if the Psalms of trust urged us to trust God above all else, uh, this series from the book uh, planted in the book of Hebrews calls us to demonstrate that trust with our lives. Uh, so it's a natural progression into the faith that uh, is on demonstration. Um, so uh, It's living faithfully. It calls us into actively and boldly living out the faith that we profess. Actively and boldly living out the faith faith that we profess. Now, um, if you haven't been in the book of Hebrews before, um, it can be a little, it could be a little weighty. There's a lot of background. There's a lot of history involved. And, you know, here at the beginning of the series, we'll, you know, we'll kind of... crack open a little bit of that at a time. So bear, bear with us. Amen. <laughs> I say all that to say. Let's read. The scripture is in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19. Hebrews 10, 19. It reads thusly from the English Standard Version. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, 
not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. Father, we, <clears throat> we pray for open hearts and minds and spirits to receive your word, Lord, now. Uh, we pray for clarity of speech. Pray for a fresh anointing to preach. We pray, Lord, um, for your name to be glorified in this time, uh, for hearts to be pricked and uh, molded and shaped in the pattern of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gathering. We thank you for all that are gathered here. We thank you for those, Lord, that may be witnessing this uh, in other places. Um, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, as you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> during, the, during the Civil War, there was a young Union soldier uh, who had lost his father and his older brother um, uh, to the war. Uh, he went to Washington, D.C. to see if he could get an exemption from military service so that he could go back home and help his mother and his sister uh, with the spring planting. When he approached the White House uh, and asked to see the president, he was turned away. Totally dishear disheartened, uh, the soldier sat down on a park bench nearby. Then a little boy approached him and said, you look unhappy, soldier. Uh, what's wrong? And after the soldier shared his story with the little boy, the little boy took him by the hand, and he led him through the back door of the White House, past the guards, and into the president's office itself. President Lincoln looked up and asked, what can I do for you, Tad? Tad said, Daddy, this soldier needs to talk to you. And the soldier was not turned away. Amen. He was not turned away. <laughs> he had access. Where sin had locked us out, Jesus has opened the way for us and to us be able to, for us to be able to draw near. Where sin had locked us out, Jesus has opened the way for us to draw near. To draw near. That's the that's the title of the message, Draw Near. Now, um, just as a little matter of background, since we, since we leapt into, with two feet, the middle of the, the book of Hebrews into the 10th chapter, um, just a little background on Hebrews. We don't know the, the, the author of the book of Hebrews. Many argue that it's Paul. Many say it can't be Paul. There's too many differences. Uh, so it, it's back and forth. But what we do know is that this Christ-exalting letter is God-inspired. It is God-breathed. It is the Word of God. Hebrews was written primarily to Hebrew Christians, Jewish Christians, who were probably facing severe persecution at the time. In the face of this, they needed to be warned against apostasy, turning away from the church, and, and, and they needed to be warned against unbelief and unbelieving attitudes. They needed to be reminded that Jesus was superior to all past messengers, angels, Moses, 
prophets. Uh, he was superior to any means of cleansing from sin and even that old way of limited access to God, uh, that priestly temple system. He was superior to it all. In a nutshell, they needed to remember that no matter how bad it got, they should never go back because Jesus is better. Amen. Jesus is better. Uh, uh, the book of Hebrews teaches us that Jesus is better. Um, these, these weak and, and suffering believers are, are encouraged in Hebrews to trust Christ with a firm, strong faith. And, and it calls for the reader to, by faith, to carry out their lives here on earth according to the heavenly spiritual reality. Uh, they, they're to live something that they can't naturally see. Uh, the, the realities, though, are accomplished and carried out in Jesus, so they're, the, they're called to live it out. Uh, if, I put the, if I squeeze the sermon down into a sentence, in, into a, a, a nutshell, it would be, by faith, we have complete forgiveness and all access to God in Jesus. We should act like it. Okay. Okay. See, I wasn't ready for the dot, 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 right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look, listen, listen, to, listen to what the uh, writer says here. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, uh, well, let's stop there before he gets to his main point. Um, open, when he opens with therefore, the writer, he, he begins to sum up in these verses what he already laid out over several chapters about the supremacy of who Jesus is and what he's done. Um, these facts will give the reader a clear reason to respond to what the writer is about to call for. Uh, the, 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 the readers have some background that, that, that is going to urge them to respond to what the writer calls for. Now, now since these first readers uh, uh, were Hebrews, were Jewish uh, Christians, they were familiar with and, and used to that way of, that old way of approaching God that was spelled out in Leviticus and uh, the other uh, books of the law, those first five books of the Bible, they would have uh, remembered how the Lord had first set apart a tent in the wilderness and then a temple in Jerusalem uh, uh, as the place for his presence to be among his people in a special way. Uh, people were only allowed as far as the, the courts outside uh, where they would come to bring sacrifice to the priests who would present daily offerings to God for both themselves and for the people. Inside the temple there, there was, a, there was the, the holy place where certain priests could enter and, and serve and to worship God. Um, then separated Behind a dividing curtain was the most holy place, a place called the Holy of Holies, a place so sacred that only the high priest could enter. And then only once a year, um, th there he'd, he'd enter and sprinkle blood on the top of the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant, 
where the Lord's presence rested, a, a, a place called the mercy seat. Uh, he sprinkled it for the forgiveness of the sins of the nation once a year. That, that was restricted access, that one priest once a year. As the Hebrews heard these verses in, in, in these chapters, this, this, this book is more like a sermon. Um, as they heard, they, they would have been reminded of the, the holy places in the temple of God and, and how the priests alone could enter uh, they, they may have considered how the law called for the death of any unauthorized person entering into the holy places. They would have remembered that the, the many sacrificial offerings and how they would have uh, been required to bring them over and over and over again for any chance of forgiveness of sin or opportunity to worship for access. The writers conclusion in these verses, uh, it would have forced them now to compare the limits and the boundaries of the temple and the holy places against the new way of access they were introduced to when they believed in Christ. Uh, the writer is holding it uh, uh, up. I mean, the, the writer has pulled up a 2025 um, uh, uh, a Rolls Royce against a 71 Pinto. And he says, listen, that wasn't in my notes. I need to stick to my notes. Look, look, uh, 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 they've been introduced to this new thing in Christ. Uh, Therefore, the writer says, he goes on to remind them now of the boldness they have uh, 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 now to walk into the very presence of God, to, to enter into the presence of God, the boldness. With, I mean, they could go with no bull, no, no, no goat uh, slain, no sacrificial offerings. Uh, they could go into his presence. To, to picture the, the, the boldness that the writer is, is trying to express, you almost need to imagine somebody walking into your front door without knocking or being invited. You see how you felt that, that, that audacity? The, yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, the scripture says that they, they get to have this type of audacity in approaching the Lord because of what Jesus did. Uh, through, through the shedding of his blood at his death, he raised the, the clearance level of all those who believed in him. They got access by, by completely taking away their sin. He gave them priestly access. Jesus initiated a new way of approaching God, removing uh, that placeholder, the placeholder that, that was the old system, uh, and then stepping in, replacing it as, uh, as both the priest and the sacrifice himself. Those believing in him are no longer blocked by the veil of a curtain that separated people from the holy of holies, the holy space and the place in the temple. Um, Because of this new system established by his sacrifice, the offering of his own body, those in him no longer access God uh, 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 through the holy places of the earthly temple. But now, through faith in Jesus and his shed blood on the, on the behalf of the believer, they, they are escorted directly into the heavenly presence of God right before his throne. 
bypassing the building and, and the restricted days and, and, or dates. This was a new and it was a living way. It was new and living because unlike any of the other sacrificial offerings, Christ was resurrected after his offering, and he lives. So, so uh, and those that accept him and those that accept his way are able to come before God and live. After confirming the point that no other priest or person could represent the people before God the way that Jesus had, the writer now urges them to live lives of people that are connected through God, connected to God through Christ in this new and this special way. Since Jesus has accomplished all this, he encourages them as a community to do three things. He encourages them to draw near, he encourages them to hold fast, and he encourages them to confidently and carefully consider. Carefully consider. Let Look, look at what he says. First, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, with the continual access provided by Jesus. They aren't to now be standing off at a distance and on the fringes away from God. Uh, uh, he calls them to draw near, to live with complete confidence, coming close to God, being assured that, that there, close to God, they'll find help and not harm. The writer had urged them uh, uh, to draw near earlier in chapter 4 and verse 16. He had assured them that they would uh, draw near, would receive mercy and find grace to help them in their time of need. He says, it's okay, come in. It, it, would, it would take complete confidence in the work of Jesus to come before God in this, in this new way uh, because God is holy and he will not tolerate anything false, impure, or sinful in his presence. And the people knew that very well. They had a, a, a fear of God, uh, almost a healthy fear of God. Um, but that fear of God uh, it was, was on a, on a, on a different demonstration. In, in Exodus 20, verses 18 to 21, the people uh, there, they were so frightened by the voice and presence of God there at Mount Sinai when he gave them the commandments that they thought they were going to die. Uh, so they stood far off there at Mount Sinai. They asked Moses to go and intercede for them. Moses, you go talk to them. Because they were so terrified. Uh, they, but they, they may have had a, a good reason to be, though, because as, as you read, we see it wouldn't be long before they would begin breaking the Lord's commandments. Um, but they asked Moses to go. Thinking about, I was thinking about having confidence to, to enter a place, you know, to, to, to move. In. And I thought about when I was a young boy, uh, uh, I, I would always like to hang out with one of my uncles. Because uh, he was young and cool, and I thought it was fun to hang out with him. And, but, but after he was married, I, I, I began being a little uncomfortable going to his home. It, it wasn't because I had an issue with his wife. It wasn't. Uh, 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 it, it was that 
in that new home, they had all white furniture. I mean, they had white couches, white carpet, white everything. I mean, I take off my shoes and I try to be careful, but because I was a kid and I was prone to being messy, I always felt like I was going to dirty something up. It was just a part of me. As a kid, I, I, you know, dirt traveled with me. Uh, uh, um, and, and I was sure that if I messed things up in this white house, that, 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 that there would be some trouble, some consequences. So, so even though my uncle loved me, the thought of, of messing up the house made me hesitant about being there. It, it, it took away some of the earlier confidence I had about being there. By faith in Jesus, these believers, they needed to, be, they needed to remember that, that they had been made completely clean. They were clean from the sin that would offend God. They could come before him without fear of punishment or harm now. They, they, they are, not, they are, they are to, uh, to, to now interact with God according to, to this reality, confident that even when they may not feel spotless because of the world and this life they were living, Jesus presents them spotless. He presents them that way before the Father. Because of this truth, the writer urges them to confidently live out their faith taking advantage of being in his presence, draw near. They, they are to resist the temptation to, to pull away in times of need and doubt and trouble, uh, to, to resist turning back to the faithless self-confidence of their own works, which, which would draw them away. No, instead, the writer says, draw near. And not in some excited, momentary way, how we uh, uh, jump into a new and shiny thing. It's an adventure. No, he, he, he uses uh, the, the present tense, meaning they are to always be drawing near. Uh, when, when, when it's easy and when it's hard, they, they are to be drawing near at all times. In the hard times, though, they'll need to exercise the next challenge. So he goes on to tell them, hold fast. Look, he said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If, if they were going to continue demonstrating faithful lives, they would intentionally need to lock on to that truth that they've acknowledged about Jesus, about who he was, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his, his salvation, uh, they were going to need to, they, they, they were going to have to, being firm and, and, and unshakable in the fact that the access Jesus has given will never be revoked. Uh, that, that all that they believed about him can be trusted and that it will come to pass. Holding, holding fast, as the challenge is, holding fast will surely involve uh, enduring challenges to the truth that, to, that, they, that they were holding on to. Those, those challenges uh, could, could, could show up in an in a, in a unbelieving friend or neighbor or in, in some kind of, of persecution. And sometimes the challenges could show up from within uh, or, or just the random circumstances, uh, like, like when things around them didn't seem to match the promises that they were holding inside of them. Uh, uh, when things weren't lining up with what they thought they should be. A good example I found of, of holding fast 
Uh, you could get an example in, in the book of Job. In the book of Job, when, when Job had lost his, his loved ones, his livelihood, and even his, his own health, uh, he continued to latch on to confidence toward God. He latched on to it. He, he, was, he was so unwavering. His wife said, listen, just curse God and die. Job said, no. It, it, the Bible says in all the things that went on, he said, in all this, Job did not sin. Uh, he, was, he was unwavering. He was so unwavering that he wished his very words about God could be forever etched in stone. Uh, regardless of what was happening to him, even if he died, he knew, he said, that he had a redeemer and that he would be able one day to see God. In Job 19 and 23 to 27, you can, you can look at it for yourself. The, the, the testimony, the confession of who Jesus is has to be more than just words in the mouth. It, it needs to be an anchor that holds the believer steady until all that they hope for comes to pass. Hebrews 6 and 19 said, calls, it, calls this hope an anchor for the soul. In, in, the, in the unprecedented, unstable, unsteady times, we need an anchor for the soul. An anchor for the soul. The good thing is that uh, 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 none, of, none of this hope and, and holding fast is based on the strength or the smarts of people. That's a good thing. It stands on the faithfulness of God who keeps his promises. Not, no matter what, not, not, not only because of his faithful character, but, but also because nothing can prevent him from keeping his promises. You know, as much as I pride myself on being a man of my word and keeping my promises, uh, 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 there, are, there are circumstances that could prevent me from showing up when I say that I'm going to show up. A flat tire, an a, a, a un, unforeseen illness. Um, there are things that could keep me from keeping my promise, but nothing can prevent God from bringing what he promises to pass. Uh, 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 he's sovereign. He's all-powerful. Just like them, we, we need to remember that we're hoping in and we're holding on to a sure thing. Uh, there, there is no more sure thing in the world, this world or, or the next. <laughs> so, the, so the writer encourages them to keep holding fast. Lastly, he encourages them to continue carefully considering something crucial. He wants them to be carefully considering something. What? It seems strange, but, but he says here, let's, let's read what he says. He says in verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Can you see the day drawing near? Uh, uh. This, this consideration the writer is, is, is pushing for is not some casual decision. <laughs> it, 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 it is an intentional focus on others. Uh, they, they, they have been encouraged to persevere in faith and hope, but here they are encouraged to persevere in fellowship. 
How fellowship? How is fellowship being considered in the same breath as the spiritual uh, giant characteristics of faith and hope? Fellowship. The writer of Hebrews recognizes and urges these believers to realize that the gathering, the fellowship, is not just some optional part of Christianity. In spite of how our modern eyes might read it or, 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 or persecuted people might see it, it was never meant to be some secondary optional thing that you could, you could, uh, you could, you could take it or you could leave it. Uh, it, it, was, it was to be, from the beginning, part of the main thing. And if you don't believe me, you, you might just think the pastor's just saying that. If you looked in Acts chapter 2, in the earliest church, it says, all who believed were together. Amen. Again and again, you find them together. I, I, I believe that the reason the gathering is part of the main thing is what the writer says here, that we are to stir up, to, to provoke to, to kindle, to ignite, to, uh, to, 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 to spark an, an active love in each other. Uh, the, the fellowship is ground zero for exercising what authentic love is. Uh, watch this, watch this, because I, I, y'all not getting me. Uh, let me, let me. Let me try this one. The impact that believers have on one another is like the chemical reaction in a glow stick. Yeah. Now, I won't share the scientific ins and outs uh, about glow, glow sticks because I don't know the scientific ins and outs about glow sticks. But what, what, I, what I do know is that inside a glow stick, there are chemicals. And floating in those chemicals, there, there's a, vi a vial with other chemicals. And, and, and when you bend the glow stick, the vial breaks and the chemicals begin mixing together. And, and, and they start producing light. <laughs> so, so you shake it like crazy so it can get brighter, right? <laughs> Everything was already there in the glow stick, but, but the light doesn't really begin to glow until they get stirred up together. Uh, the, 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 the mixing of gifts and encouragement, the stirring up of God's pur purpose in believers takes place in the contact and the context of the local gathering. This, this, verse, this verse assassinates, it kills consumer church uh, uh, because it, uh, it, it doesn't allow room for someone uh, driving in seeking a, a better church with better things for me to have a better life. It, it, it kills consumer church. It sends everyone into the gathering with a mind, an intentional mind to encourage someone else. And then you don't have to worry because at the same time, um, nobody, nobody has to worry about their own encouragement because someone else is on the same mission for them. This, this is what the gathering is. But, but the, the, the reason that the writer had to speak on it is because, believe it or not, it was becoming known that some believers in this time had stopped gathering together. I, you're shocked. I can see it. Uh, uh, 
Now, whether it was out of uh, a fear of persecution, the Bible doesn't report a pandemic, uh, or, 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 if they, or if they found some better activity, you know, if there was a Sunday fun day that they were getting started back then, it, the Bible, it was probably because of persecution. But uh, uh, the writer makes clear to this group that, 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 he's, that he writes to that the gathering should not be neglected. Not only because believers should be drawing near to God and to each other with faith and love, uh, but, but also because, because of the day that was drawing near. He had already told them to draw near. Now he says there's a day that's drawing near. That day that, that's mentioned here, that day is the time of Christ's return for judgment. There's a day drawing near. Jesus has spoken many parables about that day. Uh, he had questioned those that were listening to him about what he would find when he returned, who he'd, he'd find being faithful, and, and who he'd find being foolish. The day. The believers in this time lived expectantly waiting for his return. Uh, they, they desired to be found faithful when he returned. So this scripture uh, uh, would, have, would have impacted them when they heard it. They would have been reminded of the day of his return. And now, since we, we know that <clears throat> the day is closer now than it was then, how much more should we take the encouragement of this scripture to heart? Uh, 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 con concerning the gathering, you know, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure the Lord understands <clears throat> The, the, the space that we've taken during uh, this time of pandemic. <clears throat> but I tell you, uh, uh, there, are, there are those who were socially distant before the pandemic. And, and, and now that they found a good online church, they, they, they have no plan of gathering after the pandemic. There, there are some who have viewed and continue to view and have always viewed the gathering as a secondary thing and not a main thing. This scripture teaches not to do that, not to do that. We, we haven't received this great salvation of Jesus so we could uh, uh, live uh, every person for themselves. Uh, this salvation obligates us to one another. Uh, and, and I'm thankful now there are others uh, in positions that, that won't allow them to gather. There are things that legitimately stop people from gathering, and, 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 and there are some of those who, who wish that they could gather, um, wish they could just get up one more time and, and go into the house of the Lord. Um, uh, you, you can recognize those, those kind of folks, though, because uh, uh, even though they, they're not able to, they, they're still seeking <clears throat> to encourage others through calls and cards and prayers there are those who just can't wait to rejoin the fellowship as soon as the dust settles. Um, so both ends of the spectrum are, 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 are in our context. The question is, though, how, how do the thoughts and the attitudes of, of your heart compare to what the Scripture is calling for? Uh, where, where are you in, in these charges of, of drawing near holding fast, and being in careful consideration of igniting love in one another, encouraging people to their faithfulness. That's the text that the question poses for us. 
Now, the last thing that I, I want us to see and consider is how the writer, this writer was brilliant. He must have been breathed into by God. <laughs> the writer, how, how the writer ties together these verses with the Christian qualities of faith, hope, and love. You know, we usually find those spread in the, in the, in the Pauline letters, the Pauline epistles. We, we, we see here uh, that by faith we draw near to God and we have our hope sustained in him and we turn toward others in love. Living faithfully in this context is going to take constantly, confidently approaching God, purposely, purposefully Provoking acts of love among the gathered community of his people and being anchored in hope while waiting for his promised return. It's going to call for that. I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that one more time. Living faithfully in this context will take constantly, confidently approaching God. Purposefully provoking acts of love among the gathered community of his people and being anchored in hope while waiting for his promised return. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you uh, for all of your calling, all of your direction, all of your leading by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We pray now that these words... Uh, would uh, lift uh, from the pages, uh, from our ears, and, and, and enter into our hearts, Lord. They'd be rooted in our hearts. They would grow in our spirit, and these words would overcome our flesh forever, that we would be um, faithfully living out, Lord, the life that you called us to. Uh, thank you for all that are gathered. Thank you for those that will come, Lord. Thank you for the encouragement, um, in the spirit and in the hearts of those that are, are struggling right now, Lord. Uh, we all face many challenges, God, but uh, you are supreme over every challenge. And as long as we have access to you, we can do what you call us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen.